guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks, guys. Now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Hey everybody, this is your host Melissa and welcome back to the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast where we drink wine or any alcoholic beverage and tell stories about badass women in history. And today I am super excited because I invited one of our best guest hosts back onto the show to do an extra special spooky episode given the Halloween season. But before we get into it, I do want to remind you guys that we have a podcast phone number and I am so amped on it and I want you guys to be amped on it too. Um, I failed to mention the phone number number in my last episode. So I'm going to tell you it now. It's 562-270-4914. And you can call in for a number of different reasons. One, your Women of the Week submissions. If you have any awesome women in your life that are doing kick-ass shit that you think deserves to be on the show, to be celebrated, call in, tell me what they're about, what they're up to, what their names are, where they live, and I will feature them on the show and give them a little snippet at the end of the episode where we can cheer them on just like you are. Um, You can also call in and leave a verbal podcast review. Tell me how you found the show, why you like it, how long you've been listening, maybe your favorite episode. Um, And also you can just call to say what's up. I absolutely love to hear from our listeners and meet you and know you personally. So give me a call and just say hi and tell me your name and let's be friends. And that would be really cool. So if you are interested in calling and leaving me a voice message, again, the phone number is 562-270-4914. And I would love to put your voice message in our future episode and feature your voice on the show. And with that said, let's give a round of applause and welcome back our fan favorite guest, Ricky Bell, who was on an episode probably like five ago. Uh, She did Maya Angelou and I covered Marsha P. Johnson. Um, And now she's back for some more Women in Wine, spooky style. Hey, Ricky. What's up? I'm so excited. I'm so hyped to be back. Hell yeah. And you officially have your own microphone. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I shipped Ricky a microphone like a month ago, and it was low-key my first attempt of securing her as a more concrete guest host on the show. So we'll see how that works out. (laughs) I might be shipping it back. Just kidding. Stay with us. We love you. Everyone loves you. No, this is like the most fun I have ever had. So, of course, I'll be back all the time. Okay, perfect. And in addition to people having new hardware, Ricky's really enjoying my new headphones that I'm wearing today. Um, (laughs) You guys, they are gargantuan. (laughs) 
so yeah, I'm trying to be more official here, people. So I got myself some of those like gigantic, like DJ style headphones, <laughs> and I thought that I would like put a twist on it and get some like cutesy colored pink ones. And it it was a bad idea um, Mm -mm. because I'm really sort of like representing that early 2000s Britney Spears vibe. Um, You know when people owned like blow up furniture with sparkles in it? Like that's (laughs) part of this. (laughs) Mine was purple. So So was mine. I had a purple sparkle couch. Or it was like a love seat or like a little chair or something like that. A little love seat with an ottoman. Oh my god. Those were the Why days. Was that a thing? I have Why no idea. You know, that was like that weird, quirky, just like in your face, like really crappy shit. And that's what these headphones are. <laughs> I feel like you just bought those at Justice, but I could be wrong. <laughs> so they're not just pink, but they're like extremely metallic and just sparkly. So, you know what? We're going to do this today. And we're going to see how I like them, um, but it might be R.I.P. to the pink headphones by the end of this evening. I might no. have to gift them to my 10-year-old neighbor, you know? You might have to. <laughs> so, in other news, what the hell's been up since we last chatted on the podcast? It's been at least two months, I think. I feel like it's been longer than that. Um... Was school just starting when we talked the last time? No, it hadn't started yet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> so uh, I'm a high school teacher and we are 100% in person unless kids want to go virtual and that I teach two virtual sections of American literature too. So teaching online, teaching in person... Things are going swell. Just kidding. It's awful. Oh, God. But, like, I don't... I just can't even explain it. It's just a lot. It's a lot of stuff. But and they're then, allowed to go in or they can stay home? Yeah. So they, like, choose in the beginning of the year if they want to teach, if they want to do, like, remote classes or if they want to be in person and they can't switch until How, the semester. What's the, what would you say, like, what's the fraction of, like, people that are in person to those that are remote? I would say the majority are in person. Oh, wow. I'm surprised, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, like, a lot have, like, left being online to come back to being in person. So just adding kids willy-nilly. Oh, Everything's man. great. I love it. And it's like you can't do anything when you're on the other side of the screen. You can't be like... Tiffany, are you there? Like, right, right. You know? Yeah. So we do like attendance, but like, that's only if they haven't like submitted any work. Like, I don't do weekly Zoom calls. If you have a question, we can Zoom. But other than that, like, I just email all the time. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Although I bet you the parents are pretty happy to get their kids back in school. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. They're like, please go. Like, please go. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So on top of that, business is actually booming with the shirts. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, last time we talked, I think I was just doing onesies and I told you, like, my living room was a shithole. It's still a (laughs) shithole. But now with t-shirts added in and sweatshirts. Oh my god. We'll remind everybody again in case they forgot 
Um, it's called Peony Jean Boutique. And uh, right now I'm on like a Halloween kick. So I just made lots of like Hocus Pocus shirts and Ruth Bader Ginsburg shirts. R.I.P. to my lady. I got one. Um, yeah, you did. I, you I, haven't it. O- I haven't opened it yet because I'm waiting for the grand reveal via Instagram. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got that in the mail like a week and a half ago. Dude, it has been a crazy couple of weeks. Well, yeah, you just moved. I did just move. And I've no. been busy with lots of fucking shit. And, like, traveling, because you literally just got back from somewhere. Because I stalk you on Instagram. (laughs) There's been a lot going on. Um, I finally moved. I'd been squatting at my boyfriend's house for eight months. And then I finally was like, I have two houses now. And that doesn't make sense. And I miss my things. Um, Because I was basically living here forever because I, I can't work my job in a studio apartment with nothing but a couch and a bed right um there's no table no chair i don't have room for any of my work stuff so i've just been at his house because he has a way bigger house than i do but then like eight months later i'm like damn i miss my shit (laughs) like you know like i'm where's my couch where's my dresser like where's my decorations where's all my stuff like i'm sick of not being around it right um and that got really old and then i was living out of suitcases and like going back and forth from the house to like randomly get things and so it's just kind of like all right like this is i hate to say this phrase because it makes me sick but this is the new normal (laughs) is like yeah this is life now you know and when everything changed it was kind of like a temporary thing it was like oh yeah just stay here until you know the office lets you go back to work and like life is settles right. down it hasn't nothing <laughs> nothing settled nothing is better in fact we were just told a couple weeks ago that we will not be going back to work until at least march of 2021 oh my gosh. Yeah, which will be an entire year of spontaneously figuring out how to work from home when you live in a 400-square-foot studio that you never intended to be your 50-hour-a-week workspace. No. Oh, right? No. That sounds terrible. Yeah. And so, obviously, I can't do that. Um And, you know, even, you know, say, for instance, I didn't even have a boyfriend. I just was single. I would have had to have moved out anyway. Like, there's no way that I could live my life like that for a year. That's insane. That's so Um, long. And then I'm also in this podcast accelerator program, which I'm officially announcing. I actually announced it in my newsletter that I released a couple days ago. But I applied to be in a podcast accelerator program with the famous podcast called Almost 30. They are in the top 50 of podcasts throughout the entire world. So they got their shit popped and locked. Um, And I applied and I got accepted. And I was like one of 307 applicants and they took like 20 people. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, And they basically are going to mentor me for the next six weeks, um, which is really cool because I've just kind of been doing this on my own with no like frame of, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. (laughs) And so they basically will look at what I've done, like hear my episodes, see my social media, look at my stats 
and then audit it and tell me like what changes need to be made, what I need to do next. And then they're supposed to help me create a path towards sponsorship. That is amazing. So Loki freaking out over her. As you should be. I know. So life's getting really fucking real really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's That's scary. awesome though. It's kind of scary though, you know, when you're like it's very scary when you're just like one day I'm just doing something for fun and now yeah. I'm doing something for a career. And it's how did that happen? I'm not really sure. <laughs> it was like you blinked and now <laughs> Shit's poppin'. Shit's poppin'. So we'll see what happens with that, but it just started last week, so I have my second meeting this week, and I'm excited to tell people about it over the next month, what happens and what's to come. So if you see any crazy changes on the podcast, or you see me trying new things, just know that that is something that's been suggested by people that have been very successful in the industry so i'm assuming they know a lot more than i do and i'm going to listen to them hell yeah (laughs) and we'll see what happens but yeah other than that um life is just going at a hundred thousand miles per hour and i'm trying to figure out when to breathe (laughs) yeah that sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) that's what it feels like yeah it really does same same it's pretty wild but it's not as wild as the fucking crazy bitches we're gonna talk about today (laughs) oh my gosh i'm so excited to share this lady like you have no idea so yeah so basically you know we've done a couple themed episodes on this podcast in the past but ricky coming back had suggested hey let's do a themed episode and i was like fuck yeah let's do it so we've done two segments of the villain women in the past um and today will be the third obviously this is in alignment with the spooky halloween season so we've got some pretty gnarly women to discuss tonight um and i'm super stoked about it so normally we talk about like badass women who inspire us and make us feel good about ourselves and this isn't gonna be that (laughs) hey this lady makes me feel a lot better about myself because (laughs) i could never Oh my god. Okay, well before we get into it, are we drinking? We're drinking? Uh, what are we drinking? Yes. Alright, yes. what do you got up to the plate? Okay, so I'm drinking wine, and I like, I decided, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna find a wine that like goes with this crazy bitch, <laughs> and uh, turns out I found a delicious one. I don't really enjoy red wine so much, but this is a sweet red and it's called Sweet Revenge. Oh, God. Look at that eye. Yeah, there's, like, an <laughs> eye, and it's red. <laughs> like, shit's... It's delicious. Is and it so, really? like, Yeah, it's so good. Wait, what's and, the wine called? It's literally called a Sweet Red Wine? Or is there a Yeah, certain... it's a Sweet Red Wine from Michigan by oh. St. Julian. Dang, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Which is so ironic, because that's where my lady is from, and I had no idea until I brought it home, and I was like, oh, fuck yes. Michigan all day. Just kidding. (laughs) How crazy. Um, But it's really sweet, and like, because I don't really enjoy red wine, but it's so good, and it's perfect for this crazy bitch. Except for the fact that she's probably not as sweet as that wine is. You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) She's bitter as shit. Oh, all right, cool. Well, I kind of did the same thing. I was like trying to, I always try to find a wine that 
makes me feel like it's somewhat related to my woman. And this isn't super related, but um, my lady, I'm throwing it back fucking dusty in this episode. We're going, like, Game of Thrones status tonight. Oh, shit. And so when I was browsing the wine, I felt, obviously, one, I needed to drink red wine because that's, like, all they drank back then. They didn't drink water. All they did was just guzzle red wine 24-7. Drunk all the time. This lady, she... Can you see her? Yes. She's, like, you know, a black and white old broad on, like, a chariot. (laughs) Um, But what stuck out to me was that this whole label is black and white, except for her fiery red scarf on her head. Yes, yes. And that is what called out my lady. Because my lady is a red psychopath and we'll get into more of that later oh my gosh i'm Um, so excited but the other funny thing that i was cracking up about that i didn't realize when i bought it because it says it's the chariot gypsy which i love all things gypsy and then i was like holy shit this is related to the cancer zodiac sign which i'm a total astrological nerd but the chariot is associated to the cancer sign and this is literally a woman on a chariot so i was like Damn. oh my god she's a little cancer lady on a chariot and she's a gypsy and i'm obsessed so loving it i is it sweet or like no it's uh well i'm pretty sure it's a pinot noir it doesn't say on here but i think i got it from the pinot noir section oh no it's no. just called a red wine no fucking um, thank you it's so good oh my god i love pinot noirs but it's from some place called Hopland, California, which I've never heard of. Uh, it's a 2018, and I love it. Like, I okay. bought this from the Trader Hose. Yeah. And I bought two bottles. One I drank the other day. It was absolutely terrible. And I was like, oh, great. Fuck. Perfect. This is going to be hideous. This is so good. Okay. It's so good. I'm buying it again. It's bomb. Was she expensive? probably not knowing me yeah mine was on sale for (laughs) 6.99 and i was like "Uh, bitch of course you're coming home with me let's go i think i probably paid like nine bucks for this yeah so and then to 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 further elaborate on me being an astrological nerd i am drinking a cancer themed chariot gypsy wine paired with my virgo wine glass oh my god so here i am motherfucker my wine glass actually a student got it for me when she graduated and it says for when your life is in shambles <laughs> i think i see i think i saw this online yes i put it on instagram and my life is in shambles so this is perfect oh my god i love it um all right i think we should get into it though are you ready i don't know if you're ready <laughs> I don't know if you're fucking ready for my lady. Shit. We should play, like, the who's more evil I know. at the end of it. We should. For sure. For sure. Well, mine has a little bit of a twist, so... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. And then we'll end on me, and we'll have a lot of, lot of uh, conversational discussions to be had about these Perfect. two broads. Yes. And here I am with my handwritten notes. ready to go okay so i was like we have to do like awful people because i just i just needed something terrible so um (laughs) today i'm covering eileen warnos 
better known as the monster serial killer that Charlize Theron played in that movie, Monster. I haven't seen it. She's a fucking crazy woman. Is and she the woman that murders people on the highways? Yes. Okay, I have. I think I've seen a documentary about her in the past. Okay. But movie, I don't really remember a lot of it. Yes. And so the movie Monster, Charlize Theron plays this lady, and she's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like, I... It was before I had ever, like, seen who Charlize Theron was, and I was like, dang, like, that lady is terrifyingly ugly. Like, it's so bad. But then you see Charlize Theron without, like, the, like, makeup for the movie, and I was like, Damn. She's right. really cute in real life, but she looked dead on this lady who was terrifying. Oh my god. Hideous. So, uh, here we go. So, she was born Eileen Carol Pittman in 1956 in Rochester, Michigan. Hello, wine. Um, her father was incarcerated when she was born, so she never got to meet him. Um, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was convicted of sexual crimes against children. Oh, great. And, yeah, right. And so he eventually hanged himself in prison when she was 13. So, like, she never met him. Um, but when she was almost four, her and her brother, who was only a year older, um, were abandoned by their mother and left to be raised by their maternal grandparents, who eventually adopted them. Which, like, oh, that's so sweet. Psych. Um, her grandma was an alcoholic, and her grandpa sexually abused and beat her. Wow. Yeah. So, um, around age 11, she began exchanging sexual favors during school for cigarettes and drugs. Gnarly. 11. Like, You know what? Some people get handed a really raw deal in life. Yes, and I think this is why, like, she became a fucking psycho. Yeah. Okay, so, during this time, her brother and her engaged in sexual activities like it's it's real messed up so she claimed that her grandpa would make her strip naked before he beat and sexually assaulted her and then at age 14 she was raped by a friend of her grandpa and she got pregnant (gasps) like life fucking sucks for this girl right so she had a son put him up for adoption and then a few months later she dropped out of school because, I mean, like, what else do you do, right? And so, uh, in 1971, she was, like, 15, um, her grandma passed away, and the following year, her grandpa kicked her out, and it caused her to turn to prostitution. Oh. Yeah. So, she lived as a vagabond, which is one of my favorite words. I love that word, too. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And she would often hitchhike and engage in sex work in order to survive. And so in 1974, she has, like, the longest rap sheet I could have ever imagined. But she was arrested for driving under influence, um, disorderly conduct, and firing a gun from a moving vehicle. I didn't know that was a charge you could get, but, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Um, She eventually moved to Florida and met and married a wealthy yachtsman. Lewis fell in 1976. She was 20. He was 69. Oh, she married him? Yes, like married him. 
But it didn't last long because she was a bitch and, like, super confrontational. Um, She went to jail for assaulting him with his own cane. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, So he annulled the marriage, um, and she moved back to Michigan um, a few months later, but was arrested again for assault and disturbing the peace. Um, Three days after she moved back to Michigan, her brother died of cancer, but his life insur- insurance paid her $10,000. Oh, wow. Right. So she paid her drunk driving fine um, and then spent the rest of the money on new stuff, including a new car that she crashed like a month later. She's thriving. Mm-hmm. Thriving. Um, so in 1981, she moved back to Florida. She's just moving. Um, but she got arrested again. But this time it was for armed robbery. And guess what she got for her armed robbery? Like, guess what she stole? Alcohol? $35 and some cigarettes. <laughs> like, from like, a liquor store or something? Yes. Like, give me your money and it's like yes. 35 bucks? $35 oh, no. and a pack of cigarettes. Oh, no. So she got sentenced to a year in jail. Um, and once she got out, she, in May of 1984, was arrested again <laughs> for forging fake checks. Um, she had lots more arrests in 1986 for, like, car theft, resisting arrest, armed robbery. In 1986, she met a lady named Tyra Moore at a gay bar, and who was played by Christina Ricci in oh, the wow. movie. Yeah. And so they moved in together, and they were arrested together for being accused of assault and battery using a beer bottle. I don't think I would ever want to, like, encounter this woman in the streets. Like, she sounds like a thug. Wait, so did her and um, the woman that she met at a gay bar, were they just friends? Or was there, like, a little relationship going on? Okay, got it. They were lovers. Okay, got it. And they were both evil. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I don't think that, like, the lady was as evil as she was. I think she was just along for the ride. Like, all right, whatever. Shit's popping. Yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. So, um, in 1989, literally my birth year. Is that your birth year, too? Yeah. Uh Okay, perfect. So, we are just (laughs) coming out of the womb. And (laughs) she starts a murder spree because, like, what else do you do? So she killed a man named Richard Mallory. Um, she claimed that she, he tried to rape her after picking her up on the side of the road for prostitution. Um, and she shot him in self-defense and left him with three bullet wounds by the highway and stole his Cadillac. <laughs> I feel like you have so many questions. I do. Well, one, I'm thinking... She must have gotten caught, and that's the story that she told as to why she killed him. Yeah. So, like, in terms of him raping her when she was soliciting soliciting sex, is it would it have meant that she then decided she wasn't interested, and then he like was like too bad, so sad? Yeah, I guess. Or like, I don't know. Maybe she just said that she was trying to hitchhike, even though like we like know she was a prostitute and was like selling her body. Yeah. So I wonder if she was just like, I'm not into this. I want this Cadillac. Let me kill this man and blame it on him trying to rape me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the case. 
So then, a year later, another body was found next to another highway in Florida. Um, His name was David Spears, and he was naked except for a hat and six gunshot wounds. She stole his car and also (laughs) abandoned it somewhere else. But before they could identify who this man was, another victim was found. And his name was Charles Karskadon. And he was also naked. But this time he had nine bullet wounds and he was also found near a a highway. Yeah. Right. So then... Nine bullet wounds is a lot. It's a lot. Like... Like... Like, she wasn't just, like, shooting to get away. Like, she was trying to kill this man. Clearly. Wild. Um, So then a month later, she crashed the car of a man named Peter Seams. Um, But this time, she was with her little girlfriend, her little boo thing. And his body was never found, but she, like, later admitted that she killed him. Or, yeah, that she killed him. We don't know where his body is. He's well. I'm sure he's like. Oh, he's buried in the desert or thrown yeah. in a lake. Yeah, or he's by the highway with like just a tooth left. Like who oh, knows? God. I don't know. Um. So then, in July 1990, a man named Troy Burris. He had a delivery truck. I don't know what he delivered, but it was found abandoned because bitch took his shit too mm-hmm. um his body was found in a florida forest but only two gunshot wounds and so next are you keeping count of how many people are dead right now it sounds because like we're on seven six I or think, seven i think it's six okay i think it's six so next in september of nineteen well, ninety. real quick though she hasn't been caught yet no. Okay, so no, it's just this like, is just flying these, by. <laughs> yes, all of these bodies keep being found, like on the side of the highway, like oh, no. chilling. So, um, in September 1990, a former police chief, Dick Humphreys, lost his life to her. Um, he was found fully clothed, but with seven gunshots, and his car was also stolen. So she's just, like, driving down the coast of Florida, killing people, stealing their cars, abandoning them, killing the next man. Like, shit's wild. So then her final victim was a man named Walter Antonio, and he was found naked in November of 1990. He was shot three times in the back and then once in the head. And so by the end of 1990, the police had good leads on who had killed Walter Antonio, and... Because there, I guess, somebody, like, spotted um, Warnos and her girlfriend, whatever her name is. What is it? Tyra? Tierra? I can only think of, no- uh, who was it? Nicole Ricci? No. Christina Ricci. Christina! <laughs> yeah. So it's Christina Ricci and Charlize Theron just driving around Florida, killing people. Oh, my God. And so they eventually get tracked down. And they're, uh, like, initially arrested for something else, but they're charged with murder because people are like, no, like, we saw these two ladies driving away from this scene. So the con- the police convinced her girlfriend to get Eileen to confess, and she eventually confessed to the six murders without the help of her girlfriend. So she, like, wasn't trying to get her in trouble. She was like, yeah, I did it. I killed these people. Oh, shit. Yeah. So within two weeks... 
after she had confessed, she had already sold the film rights to her story. To who? <laughs> Wait, was so, somebody tracked her down and was like, we know you're a mass murderer. We want to have, make a story about you. And she's like, sick. Yes, yes. What? So she thought that this was going to make her rich. But, like, Florida law prohibits people profiting from crimes like this. So... She got no money for her story. Well, of course, Florida had to set right. that rule. Right, of course. <laughs> People are eating each other's faces, but God forbid you sell your story. You can't. You can't. Oh, my God. Um, so, in 1993, she received six death sentences, which we know, like, doesn't add up to the amount of people that she killed. Um, she wasn't charged for Peter's seems as murder because his body was never found but she confessed to it like she was like i did it but i don't know where his body is like i can't remember oh my god so she wasn't charged for him she's like there's just been so many i don't know where I put yeah him. <laughs> yes so while she was in prison she was kind of paranoid that prison guards were psychologically abusing her and like poisoning her food So I'm sure that she probably suffered from schizophrenia like her dad. So like, especially around that age, because I feel like you get diagnosed like in your 30s. Um, And so on October the 9th, 2002, she had spent like 10 years in jail, but she was executed by lethal injection. Yeah, at the Florida State Prison. And she is only, well, she was the 10th woman in the United States to be executed um, since capital punishment was reinstated in 1976. Whoa. Yeah. So she did admit to all of her murders? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, didn't give a fuck. She was like, yes, I killed them. And? No even, like, excuses to why or no, like, anything? Just, like, this is what it is? No. Yeah. So, in 2003, that movie Monster came out with Charlize Theron, and she literally won an Oscar for this movie, because I'm telling you, this bitch looked nothing like herself. She looked dead on this lady, Eileen, and like, oh my gosh, she is terrifying. Like, you have to watch it. So, so does it, does the movie go through all these murders that she does? Yes. Oh, God. And, like, I feel like I watched it back in the day. Like, it came out in 2013, or 2003. So, let's see. Oh, that that's was a like, long-ass time ago. Yeah, that was, like, when we were in eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember watching it, like, back then and being like, damn, this bitch is crazy. But, like, now I'm like, damn, that's fascinating. <laughs> so i'm gonna throw two quotes at you one of them she said i robbed them and killed them as cold as ice and i would do it again and i know i would kill another person because i've hated humans for a long time oh shit that almost like makes me just sad oh for sure i feel like that is like that's just like somebody that Either had no hope or, you know, should have gotten help when they were a kid. Yes, yes. And there's, like, and that's what I think. Like, when I was looking and researching a lot of things, people were saying how, um, was she actually a monster or, like, did she need help? And I'm like, she definitely needed help. Because, like, to go through all of that stuff at such a young age and, like, for it to be so traumatic for her, like, 
she definitely would have benefited from some help. Yeah. Maybe she wouldn't have killed people. 100%. So, her final words before they executed her, which don't make any fucking sense, are... (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. She said... I'd just like to say I'm sailing with the rock, and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th. Like the movie, big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. Bitch, what? (laughs) (laughs) June 6th? Like, like what does that even mean? I don't know, but I'm going to be tripping balls if something crazy happens on a June 6th one day. I know. Yeah, I know. She, she definitely, I mean, I'm actually really surprised that, I mean, I guess that this gets overrided. If somebody doesn't, if somebody admits all truth in murders yeah. and they don't even attempt to try to seek any type of justice for what they did, then I guess you would have no reason to even suggest that they're insane and would maybe benefit from being put in some type of medical ward or whatever normally people in that scenario would say i you know i'm not guilty because of insanity right and then they could look into her life and her history and be like oh shit yeah actually this is making a lot more sense yeah you were literally set up to not be well and do fucked up things yeah but i think she clearly didn't even care i think she probably i mean i think people also like that probably aren't afraid of death no they're probably thinking like death is the like death would be a like a a a positive in my life like right i suffer every day and i deal with trauma every day like please will someone kill me already like right you know she absolutely did not care and so like i also read that jeb bush is he still the governor down there no clue no idea so he like had given her a stay of execution because like they were running like some psychological tests and like obviously like it didn't show anything conclusive and so they killed her but isn't that wild like <laughs> like it's how do you just snap wild. and then like kill seven people like i'm just going to drive down Florida's coast. I think you have so much trauma as a child that you've lost any sight of any type of normalcy. Yeah. Like, you can't even make sense of, like, wrong is not even wrong anymore. It just is. Yeah. It's just, you do what you do. And, like, that was her coping. And and so, I feel like it's just wild because, like, she used prostitution as a way to, like, kill these men to, like, get back. So Oh, totally. totally like back like with her brother and her grandpa like it all goes back to that i think well i'm i'm sure i mean as we know with her grandpa she faced a lot of sexual abuse from a young age mm-hmm. also they like the irony that her dad who she never even met was in jail for similar types of charges yes yeah. i'm sure she was surrounded by sexual abuse from a super super young age and it taught her to one, believe that that's not wrong because it happened forever and no one did anything about it. And then two, she could use sex to do hurt other people as right. they did to her. Right. And that's what she did. Wild. It is super wild. I totally think I've seen a documentary about her. I don't think it was specifically about her, but about several different serial type killers. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that there is video documentation of her in jail talking to... I think her attorney or somebody, 
And even just the shit she's saying. No, like doesn't have camera. any. Re- yeah, no remorse. Like doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and like no. technically she like goes down as like the first like woman serial killer. So. Well, actually. Ooh. Bitch, that's oh, not true. Because yes. my lady's the first serial killer. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh my God. Yeah. That's really fucked up though. I know. It's like. Uh, I feel like there's this part of me that, like, I feel sad for that woman. I yeah, feel, like, I kind of feel bad for her. I feel like, socially, she was set up in a system that didn't take care of her and didn't teach her any better. And right. I feel like when that's your reality, then you don't have anything better. And you just yeah. follow that route. But her route was very twisted and very, very severe. Yeah, Which is a direct reflection of what she experienced in her own household. Right. And I bet her son is probably like, thank God I was adopted. Oh, shit. I forgot she had a son. <laughs> right. A nightmare. About- I know. Oh, my God. What a horrible, like twisted trauma that son probably would even have even being like i came out of that woman's body yes and i'm I, like half of i'm like part of her dna like oh my god that's horrifying yeah. i'm and sure like, that does person's he have really... schizophrenia we don't know like oh crazy that's really really crazy oh shit i need to watch this movie now you i love charlotte's first of all she's queen. i know she's gorgeous i'm obsessed with her i'm telling you in this movie she is not pretty <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, I, I do not. I what this lady looks like from the documentary I watched. Doesn't she, she have, like, like cr- really, like, bleach blonde hair or something? Yes, and, like, crazy eyes. No teeth, like, just... I think she has teeth. <laughs> I think. <laughs> she has, like, a nice, like, mullet. Like, oh, oh God, she's terrifying. I'm probably going to dream about her tonight. Oh, my God. I knew when you said Eileen, I was like, I know there's a crazy bitch out there named Eileen. <laughs> and I, I've i heard about her before. <laughs> the highway killer. I totally have. I, first of all, I love murder. Oh, me too. I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, obsessed with serial killers, murder, like, all things. But you know what else, though? And... I know people who are big into my favorite murder and, like, are all in that whole trend of the world, which I Mm -hmm. totally am. I feel like these types of things have made me smarter. Like, Oh, for sure. For instance, once quarantine's set in stone, I am home all the effing time by myself, and I have to get out of the house. So I'll go on a walk or a run or whatever Mm -hmm. I do... Almost Did you the same run? time? No, like barely. I, I run until to I say. get shin Mm-mm. splints and then it like it taps out. My body's like, no ma, no ma. No, if I'm running, you should run too because something is coming for us. <laughs> like there's no way. <laughs> no. Well, so and I was thinking like after a month of it, I like have my headphones in. I'm going on these walks in the neighborhood. I pretty much do the same route every time at the same time of the day. I'm the only one around. There's no one else around. I'm like some motherfucker could He's be watching me, tracking me, knowing where I'm going to be and when, and I wouldn't know because I have my fucking headphones in. <laughs> I hope it's not those big ones that you have on right no. now. <laughs> If it was these ones, then I would have already gotten snatched because they would have caught me and seen me day one. Like, <laughs> well, at least they would have been able to like find you, <laughs> right? <laughs> A helicopter would like be shining its lights down, be like, "Oh, there she is! We got those headphones." We there she is. Them. Can't miss that. Oh, <sighs> uh, I know. But I, I used to, t- I used to like think that. I'd be like. I started wondering, you know how people have the, like, Find My Friend app? 
yes. I don't have that with like anybody, but I was like, maybe I should. Cause like, Bitch, what if I, I will just find go, you. <laughs> what if I just go on a walk and then I never come home and my I'm boyfriend gets home from work request. and it's like, where, where is she? Yeah. <laughs> She's Damn, gone. Damn, bitch left. <laughs> like, just what happened? Gone. Just gone. Fucking crazy. I'm going to send you a request today Dude, and I will, I will find you. I'm not trying to get snatched up on my fucking <laughs> afternoon walk. Like, no. can a girl just get her steps in? Like, that's so annoying. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think that like watching and listening to those kinds of things, like make me more cognizant of like what's around me. Like, do I check the backseat of my car before I get in? Absolutely. Do I look underneath my car before I get in and at in the nighttime of course i do (laughs) (laughs) do i run to my house from my car when it's dark outside absolutely but also going back to eileen part of me identifies with her hatred for people like would i ever kill someone no but do i not enjoy humans most of the time absolutely well especially if the humans you've interacted were as bad as the ones she interacted with (laughs) right like would you ever trust anybody in your whole life no no but you also probably like have this underlying disdain to just know that there are people out there that would buy you for your body yeah and you want to know who that is yes which is so wild because like why would you pay for sex when there's some lady out there that's gonna give it to you for free? Oh my god, so like so many ladies go to any CD dive bar, so any many, of them, <laughs> so many. I just, I don't know, I don't know. Well, she gone. <laughs> I'm gonna pour one, pour one for my girl. Oh, well, that's a good story. I can't wait to watch her her movie, Monster, which... And, I mean, she's so a monster, but I also just feel bad that she's, like, the monster. I know, like, couldn't have just been named, like, poor woman. Right? (laughs) But that that actually is a perfect intro into mine, because my lady has a lot of nicknames against her. Ooh. And a lot of fables and stories and folklore that was created about her that may or may not be true. Okay. So, I think I should get into it. Yes, I'm so ready. So, my story is interesting because, as I already told you, it took place in, like, literally 1560. Like, I don't even know what that means. Um, But I spent quite a bit of time reading several different articles about this woman. I watched a couple historical YouTube clips from, like, you know, all those little nerds on history. Right. And, like, the one thing that I can confirm is, like, this is literally Game of Thrones era. Like, this... It, I, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Dude, no. I tried to. I tried no, so hard. No, it's gnarly. But did you see, like, a episode? Oh, for sure. I watched, okay, like, five. so we're talking... That's what we're talking about. So okay, as perfect. I tell you the story, just... No, whatever you've seen of Game of Thrones, this is that. <laughs> like, one million percent okay. what takes place in the story is could have been ha- one season of Game of Thrones, like, without a doubt. And so, Shit. I will say, though, that there is a lot of conflicting perspectives on the validity of the story because it took place so fucking long ago there isn't like concrete facts yeah you know it's like the stone age like i don't even know it's old as shit people weren't like you know reporting it into the interweb so yeah 
we kind of have to play around with the facts that we're given. But there's also today a lot of historians who think this story's fucking bullshit. So that will be a good conversation of us to kind of recap on is like did she or didn't she yeah and so i because of that i wanted to hear both sides and i think i have a side okay and we'll see what yours is okay i'm living i'm so ready okay so i have to give a quick shout out to my cousin alicia who actually suggested this woman a really 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 long time ago um, and the minute that I saw her, I Google it. Like when people tell me like, oh, you should cover this woman. I'll look yeah. them up. And I'll, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not covering this fucking woman. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You told me to cover a serial killer. Like, th- yes, no, that's not how this is working on the show. But you know what? I saved her for a rainy day and that's today. So yes. here we are. Thank, Thank you, you, Alicia. Alicia. Also, Alicia at one point in time moved to Wisconsin to m- like literally weld swords so this should go hand in hand jesus she's probably living for this right now (laughs) okay so elizabeth bathory is her name that sounds ancient as fuck so ancient elizabeth bathory right she was a very very rich noble hungarian woman who is known as the blood countess for allegedly murdering hundreds of young women in the 16th and 17th centuries um and she's been coined by the guinness book of world records as the most prolific female serial killer of all time if not the first one that ever existed i mean you got me beat (laughs) 1500s i can't (laughs) which is why this wine stuck out to me because i was like in a fucking chariot this dusty ass bitch in her chariot with that bright red fucking bandana on blood countess right here yes so elizabeth has quite the story and i love it but it's horrible but i also am so interested with the conspiracy of it all so Real quick wine sip, and then we're getting in. Yes. So Elizabeth Bathory was born in Nibator, Royal Hungary, which is a portion of Hungary that existed then, in August 7th, 1560, to a wealthy family of powerful Hungarian nobles. In fact, the majority of her extended family was also super 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 extreme nobles across europe her uncle was the king of poland her nephew was the prince of transylvania her whole family was like operating hungry so she was like at that time period part of the most elite family that ever existed yeah across europe um so she was raised calvinist protestant and she was born obviously into wealth she had a ton of fantastic education and then obviously a high social status but as a child she actually suffered really severe seizures which also came with some strange bouts of like rage and the uh, the doctors (laughs) they diagnosed her with a condition that they called at that time falling sick which could be equal to, like, you know how they used to say, like, the Mad King? Yeah. I feel like it's, like, oh, she's she's fallen sick. Like, it's, like, yeah. some strange thing back then. Imagine, um, like, witnessing the first seizure. Like, 
you well, uh, yeah. What the right? actual fuck? Like, what are you doing? You don't know what's going on. No. Um, and so today, some people would coin her illness as epilepsy, mm. but a lot of people believe that it actually was in relation to the fact that her parents were inbred, as much as was much of her entire lineage. Because that's like all you had back then. Yeah. So like her parents were first cousins. Like everybody was all up in the mix. And I think, you know, as we know, even with dogs, as disgusting as that sounds, <coughs> they get a little bit weird as you continue to breed them. Yeah. So, so yeah, she, as a child, she had major issues with seizures and um, anger problems. So, this is even weirder. And again, like, there's going to be many stages of this story that aren't fact. They're only either speculations from, like, scripts that were passed down through history that have been read. Like, none of this can be called fact. It's really just legend has it type of a okay. thing. But ap- apparently, legend has it that there was a very, very weird way that they treated people with seizures during this time period. And that was, they would get the blood from a non-suffering person and rub it on the lips of the person that was having a seizure, in addition to giving her, like, a piece of scalp. (laughs) (laughs) Like, to eat? Like, to hold, or, like, you know how, like, people with seizures, you, like, don't they have... You have to, like, hold their tongue out or something. Yeah, so they don't bite their tongue. You know how they put, like, a bar or something in their mouth? I think they literally put, like, a piece of a scalp. Like, somebody's scalp. (laughs) So, I don't know. Again... That's nasty as fuck. Who knows if they actually did this, but I read literally this in several different articles They absolutely did. (laughs) And again, Game of Thrones... Always think of Game of Thrones. This would happen in Game of Thrones. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, yeah, gnarly. So, because of this practice, many people actually believe that maybe the insane, brutal killings Elizabeth partook in in her later years might have had something to do with this weird blood scalp thing that was kind of, like, put on her at a really young age to cure her illness. So there's speculation that she may have, like, continued throughout adulthood to partake in weird things like this to keep her illness in check. Who knows? Um, But in addition, there's also speculation that Elizabeth grew up in a family that was violent and fucked up, as many of those royal families are in that time period. In the medieval medieval world, like, severing heads is a regular day's yeah. existence, you know? <laughs> so That is wild. Just, like, the type of things she may have seen growing up in that rich, elitist world where you are a royal and you own everything. Yeah. There's peasants, there's servants, like, that type of power usually ends up getting evil at some point. So there's a lot of speculation that she could have seen a lot of shit going down in the castle, but there's also rumors that she actually had an uncle that was, like, a devil worshiper. And he was into, like, dark magic, which you also see in Game of Thrones a lot. Yeah, that was a big (laughs) no-no. Yeah. And so... 
He, apparently, though, this uncle was a war hero, and he fought alongside of Joan of Arc. I thought you were about to say he was a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, no warlocks here. Joan of no Arc was war- a bad bitch. Yeah, so if I hope to God that she didn't she wasn't aware that this guy was so crazy yeah. but apparently he fought wars alongside of Joan of Arc and at the same time of him being this big hero of war he was a psychopath and he apparently used to kidnap children and cut their heads off and keep them as trophies oh no yeah <laughs> and there's speculation that this was happening in the castle while Elizabeth was a child and that that was just there and it was seen and it was regular it was a regular Sunday morning, you know? Damn. So again, kind of like Eileen, we don't know it's very uh, it's possible that she could have been around a lot of fucked up shit as a kid that could have yeah. led to some crazy wild behavior in her adult life. Um, wow. Also, like Eileen, shit was getting popping at 10 years old for Elizabeth when she became engaged to Ferranc, not a C, who is the son of a baron who was also an aristocrat. And it was probably a politically arranged marriage between their families. But they got was engaged. Was this man also 10 years old? <laughs> no, of course not. But we're actually, that's not even the worst part. So they got engaged. But shit got messy really quick because a couple years later, they were engaged for several years. They actually waited until she was 14 to marry them. They were engaged at 10. So it was more of like, hey, we're both royal families. Our kids are going to get married and we're going to like make that a contractual thing now. And then once it's like more appropriate, we'll have them tie the knot. So that's kind of what happened. (laughs) So, yeah. So 10 years old engaged at 13. Elizabeth was getting a little bit freaky Mm -hmm. and she ended up hitting the sheets with a peasant boy. Oh, shit. Um had a little bit of a side fling going on and she got pregnant Oh, and she had a baby and Frank, her fiance, who was also much older than her, obviously knew and found out and he was pissed. So he tracked down this peasant boy, tied him to a tree, chopped his dick off and fed (gasps) him to the wolves. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that will tell you about the type of man Elizabeth was set to get married with. Oh shit. Um and then the baby, they she had the baby, but they ended up giving it. it away. No, they actually gave it away to a like a family, a trusted family friend of Elizabeth's family. And they basically paid her to, like, take this baby and bounce and, like, get the hell out of here. And so the baby was gone, and that was the end of that. Um, and then a few years later, Elizabeth and Frank got married. There were 4,500 people at their wedding. It lasted for three days. <laughs> hell no. After the first hour, I'm like, okay, I'm going to see myself out. Like, there's no way. It's a three-day-long wedding. Um, she was 15, 14 or 15, and Franck was 19 or 20. Mm-mm. So they weren't a super, super far not- in age, but they were a, a good five or six years. 
but she, I mean, she was 14 or 15. Like, he was uh, in his 20s. Ew. Um, and as a wedding gift, Farrakh gave Elizabeth a castle, which, let me tell you, is shit. the world's ugliest, most beaten-to-shit castle I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It still is standing today. It's a Hungarian ca- castle that exists in the world. I'll show you a picture of it. But it looks like a torture chamber. It looks like where you would take people and kill them. Oh. <laughs> like, it is not fucking Princess's Palace. That's probably it where is... she did take people and kill them. Yes, she did. It oh is literally, like, a dungeon. A dungeon of, like, nightmares is what this place looks You know when you, like, Ew. have you ever gone to the beach as a kid and, like, got in the wet sand and, like, built a castle and it looks yeah. like melting? Like, yeah. that's what this castle looks like. It looks like it's, like, somebody got like giant shovels of wet cement and just started like slabbing it until it like built a wall (laughs) it looks like it's like melting it's fucked and that was his gift to her and he told her like hey here's this castle for you you get to live here this is our new home and he got he basically asked her like what do you want in a castle and she he built it to exactly what she wanted so it looks like fucking shit. Um, and keep in mind, we already know that Farronk is, like, wild, obviously. He tied a guy to his tree, cut his dick off, and fed it to the wolves. Like, we know this fool doesn't mess around, right? Like, he's no. crazy, he's brutal, he's gnarly, he's not somebody you want to fuck with. And there's large speculation that he was a very large influence on promoting Elizabeth to do shitty shit in her life. So whether or not she already had those tendencies, he basically was like, I'm crazy and I'm taking you as my wife and I'm gifting you this torture chamber and I'm going to show you the ropes of torturing people. Like my God, that may or may not have been the situation. That was absolutely the situation. Probably. Gross. We're thinking. This is getting so good. It's so good. Um. So at the same time, while all this is happening, there's like major tension occurring in Hungary. As I mentioned at the very beginning, like ha- Hungary was like almost split into two. There was royal Hungary. And then the other half was occupied by the Ottomans, which was, like, not cool. Oh, like the Ottoman Empire? Yeah. Okay, history. I know, right? And so in 1578, Franck became the chief commander of Hungarian troops, and he led them to war against the Ottomans. And so, without surprise, Franck was a vicious psychopath on the battlefield. He was pillaging villages, he was chopping people's heads off, putting them on stakes, and, like, displaying them around town. And he got himself the nickname the Black Knight of Hungary because people were terrified of him. They were mortified. Like, he was to be feared. He was the face of the fear of the war. (laughs) So, he was not a good dude. Um... And I mean, obviously, war is crazy, but he took it to the next level and made sure that people suffered through it all. But so while he was away, Elizabeth was left in charge to manage the business affairs and the welfare of her estate. But she also was in charge of providing for the peasants of 17 surrounding villages that lost their homes because of the war. And that also included providing medical care. So 
as the war was taking place, people's villages were getting just lit up on fire. And if they were lucky to survive, they came running into town and were like, help, help, help. And she has this massive, massive estate and she took them in um, to take care of them. And that's literally what's reported, is that she took all these people, and there were many people that reported that this was a true thing, that they came to her for help, and she took them in and took care of them, and she actually did. She aided them to health, she provided them medical care, she fed them, she gave them a home, she let them live there for as long as they needed, and that she was, like, a big hero in the war. So that's where stories about Elizabeth can get conflicting. So just remember that. Okay. <laughs> so Ferranc and Elizabeth ended up having like four or five kids. And then he ended up dying in like 1604 at the age of 48 due to like some weird, he had like debilitating pain in his legs. I don't know what it's about, but then he got disabled and then he died. He had been married to Elizabeth for 29 years. And before he died, he entrusted Elizabeth and the heirs to his wealth to a powerful rich man named Georgi Thruzo. Ew. So he's like, uh, here's my family. Yeah, like, he basically was, like, he wrote the will or whatever, but he gave it to this other dude to, like, make sure that it was divided up as it needed to be divided up. So he was, like, my wife gets, like, this is what I've written for my wife, my heirs, my kids, whatever, but, like, you're going to manage it. Kind of like okay. like a lawyer would do yeah. today or whatever. So the same kind of idea. Um, but oddly enough, Georgi ended up, being the person to lead the investigation against Elizabeth. So, like, investigations into Elizabeth's crime didn't take place until after her husband died. Interesting. And they were led by the man who was operating the will of her husband. That sounds sketchy as fuck. (laughs) Yes, it does! She should have killed him first. It only gets sketchier. So, on to the juicy stuff, rumors began to flutter around town about how Elizabeth was a brutal psychopath and was, like, a crazy person, she was sadistic, she had murdered and killed people, and these rumors started from a Lutheran minister, just some random priest man. Damn religious Lutherans. dude <laughs> caused up stirred up all these rumors and spread them around town and he basically went around town and so the rumors started and then Georgi who was in running the will and the investigation went around town and was like hey all these rumors are going around about Elizabeth like is this true and he was asking the townspeople is it true is it true and they were like oh yes it's true it's true it's true And so he started actually doing a full-blown investigation and, like, interviewing people that had met her or had worked for her or had had contact with her. And according to the testimonies that he collected from these people, Elizabeth was murdering and torturing and killing people and that her victims were girls aged 10 to 14 and that they were the daughters of lower social class families who were sent to her house by their own parents who wanted them to learn courtly etiquette. And so the horrible 
testimonies from the witnesses included stories of beatings, burnings, mutilations, biting of flesh off faces, arms and body parts, freezing and starving people to death, as well as cannibalism. Oh my god. So it's it just like a typical it, Saturday. Oh yeah, it it just uh it was bad. Gross. Um, she wasn't just killing people, she was putting through them through extreme torture and dismembering them and doing a lot of fucked up shit according to the testimonies. So that's pretty extreme. Yeah. And it's also pretty extreme that somehow this had been going on for who knows how long, and yet it didn't come to service until after her husband died. And keep in mind, she's already into her 40s at this point. Right. So it would be normally when people are this fucking crazy when they're eating people's faces off, this usually doesn't start late 40s, early 50s. And like at 40, <laughs> that's like 100,000 years old in that time. So like, right? she's probably like this feeble old lady. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but that was what the, the witnesses were saying. Hmm. Um, some witnesses said that they had family members who died in her home. Others said that they'd seen traces of torture on dead bodies that were buried in graveyards. And then a few court officials claimed that they personally witnessed her torturing and killing young servant girls that were in her castle. So all of these claims were coming to light. And on December 12, 1610, an agreement was made between Georgi and the king of Hungary at the time, I think his name was Matthias or something, that obviously she needed to be arrested and like be seen in trial. And so um, uh, I think a couple days later, he went to her castle unannounced and he arrested her along with four of her servants who were also accused to be accomplices, one of which was accused to be a full-blown witch. And... Um, Georgi claimed that when he arrived to the estate, there was physical evidence of horribly mutilated dead bodies and dying imprisoned girls that were found in her home at the time of arrest. There were also letters from Georgi to his wife that stated that he found one girl dead and that another girl was, quote, living prey, as in she was alive during the midst of being tortured but there's zero evidence that this girl was ever found, evaluated, seen by a doctor, cared for, um, or even brought into questioning to find out what happened. Because she wasn't dead. So according to him, she was just prey at the time that he found her. Um, oh my so, god. So horrible, right? She's like, help me. Right. God, help me. And so Georgi spread rumors to all the townspeople that he had caught Elizabeth red-handed in the act of torture, but that wasn't actually at all true because Georgi Elizabeth, sounds like a little bitch. He is a little bitch. He is a little bitch with ulterior motives. Hate him. Um so it wasn't true because it Elizabeth was arrested before anybody found any evidence in her house. They just stormed in, grabbed her, took her out, and then scathed the home. So, no, they didn't find her like that. In fact, the story has it that she was sitting down eating dinner with her family when they bombarded the home. 
And he concocted this whole story and spread it around town that she was, like, mid-severing heads or whatever. Maybe she was preparing <laughs> her meal. Maybe that was her dinner. <laughs> that could have just been her dinner. Oh, God. Shit. So... Yes, as you already stated, Georgie could have been full shit, like, full-blown, low-key bullshitter. Yeah. And I actually think he is. So, at this point, let's, let's like, recap on what I've already said. At this point, there has been no proven evidence that Elizabeth tortured or killed anybody. It right. all started from a rumor that was spread by a Lutheran minister... And then it led into an investigation that was kickstarted by the owner of her will, husband's will. And then they basically went around and got stories from a bunch of people that had no evidence, nor did they catch her in any... They didn't find her doing anything in the act that would be like, holy shit, we need to arrest this woman. The entire thing was based off speculation, which kickstarted an investigation... And then they arrested her on zero proof and just speculation. So that happened. Um, And that's, I mean, that could never occur today unless it was like really deep rooted conspiracy shit happening in 2020, which I wouldn't doubt. But like at this point, like (laughs) who knows? Right. But this is also the 1500s. And I think they could do that shit. There was no I'm sure, sure there wasn't a lot of rules going around on how you catch a murderer. It nah, was there were no like, pictures, no oh, evidence. Oh, this is the bitch, like, we're getting her. So, let me see, I lost my spot really quick. It's like a modern-day witch hunt. It is a witch hunt. It is absolutely a witch hunt. Okay, so at this point, it was basically stated, obviously, that there was no evidence, um, but Georgi sat down with Elizabeth's sons and a couple of her son-in-laws to be like hey your mom your mother-in-law she's a crazy bitch we got to figure out what we're gonna do with her she needs to be arrested and they were like okay but like you can't arrest her because we own the world and we're rich and we're famous and we like this isn't a thing right (laughs) like like, nice try Uh, that doesn't work out that way and so one they were like all right well we can't because normally, especially, again, 1500s, Game of Thrones, they'll just execute a hoe. Oh, Like, straight easy. axe to the throat, it's done. But they didn't do that. Elizabeth did not get executed, even though they claim she murdered up to 600 girls in cold blood and drank her, their blood. Like, she wasn't executed. And why is that? Well, word on the street is that they couldn't execute her because that it would cause a full-blown scandal in Hungary due to the elitists of that family basically operating Hungary. That it would it would uh, cause such a poor reputation to the country as a whole that they couldn't even have that be a thing or be put in history because it would just be too detrimental. So that was one. Two, she had so many f- family ties to other nobles in other countries like Poland and Transylvania that they were like, nah, like we can't have this tie back to us either. If you execute her, this is going to look bad on our countries. <laughs> Like, right. no, it's not right. happening. And then lastly, they were just like, we can't we can't kill her because she owns all of the land in Hungary. And if you kill her and call her a murderer, like, all of our land will be given to the king, and we can't let that happen. Right. So there was a whole conversation of what are we going to do, how are we going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And so basically they came to an agreement that 
well, we're just going to send her to a nunnery and she'll get reformed in a nunnery. And then when that was presented out into the world, the peasants uprised and were like, fuck no, this bitch has been murdering our daughters for years and eating them alive. She can't be thrown into the nunnery. We need worse. And so, well, they were like, well, we can't execute her. So they basically locked her up in that shithole chamber castle that she owned and put her on house arrest for the rest of her life. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, basically, two trials took place, and within the trial, the highest number of victims that were cited during her trial was 650 murders. However... The number comes from a claim by a servant girl who stated that she'd seen the number written in one of Elizabeth's private books, yet this book was never resurfaced. In addition, most of the witnesses that had testified admitted that they heard about the accusations from other people and never saw it themselves. The servants that worked for her who confessed to witnessing about the murders confessed under torture. Which is no longer a credible way of getting a fucking admittance out of anybody. No. And then the others that testified were the king's witnesses, but they somehow were executed shortly after that. So all of the accusations of Elizabeth's murder and crimes were based on rumors. (laughs) Of course they were. Of course. (laughs) And then, again, this is happening in a time period where literally nothing went undocumented. This is when people would, like, a neighbor would steal your chicken and you would be brought up onto the town's fucking stage and everybody would stand there and decide if we're going to kill you or not kill you. And then the whole thing would be written down and the the townspeople would make a decision and the court would rule and... You couldn't fucking take a loaf of bread without getting your hands chopped off. Right. So somehow Elizabeth got through her entire life without a single complaint written down on any documentation of any sort of any time. <laughs> That's a bad bitch. <laughs> That's a bad bitch. And every testimonial against her is based off rumor. Nobody has proof. So I don't know. That's fucking I don't crazy. Know. That's crazy. Right? So we God. don't know, we don't know what happened. Um but with all of that said and done, she was detained on January 25th, 1611, confined to her shithole castle for the rest of her life where she died at the age of 55 uh 54. And Georgi, shithole fucking liar of the nation, of course, went around and told the townspeople that Elizabeth was locked up in a brick room and doesn't have a window and has one foot of space to, like, operate. And then the priests come out and are like, what the fuck are you talking about? We go in there to, like, try and, like, heal her for Jesus. And, like, she's, like, walking around doing cartwheels throughout the castle. Like, what do you mean, you fucking idiot? Like. She's chilling. She's chilling. She's out there fucking, like, blow-drying her hair. Like, she's, like, having a damn good time for the rest of her life. Learning TikTok dances. Yeah, exactly. And then on the evening of August 20th, 1614, she complained to her bodyguards that her hands were cold, whereupon they were like, oh, whatever, mistress, it's nothing, like, go to bed. And so she went to sleep, and she was found dead the next morning. Damn. She was buried in a 
church of the castle on November 25th, 1614, but according to some sources, the villagers fucking went crazy because they were like, get this murderous bitch out of our graveyard. She will not be buried here. So they had to dig her back up and move her out to wherever she was born, whatever that town in Hungary was that she was born, and they apparently relocated her to a cemetery there. However, the location of her body is unknown as of today. So that's her story. But to further elaborate, there are obviously tons of conspiracies on the situation of Elizabeth. One of which is that many authors and historians argue that she was absolutely a victim of conspiracy and that the proceedings against her were totally 100% politically motivated and possibly due to the fact that she gained extensive wealth and ownership of large areas of land in Hungary following her husband's death. They can't let a bitch live. (laughs) Can't let her live. Can't let her live. And there was also arguments this may have been triggered by religious tension because the investigation was sparked by that Lutheran minister and Elizabeth was raised Calvinist, not Lutheran. And at the time, there was also a lot of religious tension in Hungary over all the different religions that people were having. It's the damn Lutherans, I'm telling you. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. I think that... there. I already wrote them out. I have seven thoughts, six thoughts on what happened. <laughs> so... One, I think that she, which we already just stated, she was a Calvinist Protestant, and the man that started the rumors was a Lutheran minister, so they were not in cahoots in terms of religion. I think that she had, Elizabeth had super close family ties to a lot of really powerful people around Europe, which I think, especially Transylvania, sorry, especially Transylvania, because at this time, Hungary was in, like, having major problems with Transylvania. They were not friends. They were not cool. They were having beef. And Elizabeth was, like, running Hungary, and her cousin or nephew was running Transylvania. So I think the people in Hungary were like, how can we trust you? You have family in our enemy country. We don't believe that, like, you have our best interests in mind. So I think they were skeptical about her being a traitor. And then I also think that fucking that Lutheran minister and Georgi, who took over the will of her husband, were in some type of cahoots because it seems all too strange that her husband dies and this Lutheran goes off and spreads a bunch of fucking rumors and then Georgi just so happens to use that to start his investigation and now lo and behold, they're both after Elizabeth and coining her to be this murderous psychopath that she maybe could have been or couldn't have been. I don't know. But it all seems like it's too perfectly concocted with the death of her husband and that they thought, like, okay, this is our opportunity that we can come in and start fucking shit up and get this bitch out of here and then we can take over. So that. And then there's also credible history that Elizabeth actually legitimately cared for the people in her town. Like, she was, she took care of them. And, like, there is apparently reports from people in this time that she, they have, they don't know anything about her being an evil, disgusting woman, that she took them in and cared for them and gave them shelter, and that she was the savior in their eyes during the midst of a horrible wartime. And she was, like, praised and prided by the townspeople for this. So, like, that's unusual. And then also, during this time period, it is not remotely surprising that a widow gets accused of murder or witchcraft or sexual sexual misconduct so that they can seize her land 
she owned a shitload of land and that was all that people wanted and so they were like oh shit there's this widow there's no husband that can cause problems let's take her land how are we gonna do it we have to target her reputation and then lastly the fact that she wasn't executed is weird that is weird because they would just kill people for no reason i think that they basically were like blackmailing her family and all the nobles in her family to poland to transylvania to wherever being like listen we're taking your fucking girl down and we're going to throw out this rumor that she's done all this shit and we're going to take her land and you're not going to do anything about it because we will like we won't kill her but if you do something about it we'll have her killed and so i feel like there was like some type of little agreement that was made where she got to keep living as long as she could they could steal all of her land and take everything that she was worth that's my belief yeah. however Lots of people don't believe that. Lots of people think she was a blood-sucking vampire who raped and pillaged women across the globe. <laughs> no fucking way. But I don't know. I don't know. And so, regardless of all these theories of conspiracy, her story has inspired numerous fables throughout the 18th and 19th century. The most common being that she got her victims bathed in their blood with intent to retain her beauty and her youth. That's the number one story about Elizabeth. I mean, and that was a thing. On top of all of that, people, she got obviously the name the Blood Countess. She also got the name the Countess Dracula. And many people speculate that she is the inspiration behind the book Dracula, which was published in 1897. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Maybe she was. She could have been. She could have been a crazy bitch because, again, I did a lot. There are so many sides to this story. So many. But the side that believes she's a murderer, they have a lot of good stories to tell. When she was a kid, they claimed that her fucking devil-worshipping uncle used to do a lot of weird seances. He would use animals during his seances and that she would be standing there by his side watching it happen and that she enjoyed it and she laughed and she liked it. And then they say that her husband, that crazy fucking frunk dude, brought her in and taught her the ropes of torture and that he bought her that chamber, basically promoting her to use her peasants and her servants to mess around with them and torture them because that was something he liked to do, which we know he did during his war behavior and what he did to that dude that got her pregnant. But then on top of that, they say that one of her, like, she had, like, five people that were, like, her direct reports in the castle. Like, the people that were the closest to her that brushed her hair and bathed her and shit like that. One of them, they claim, was a full-blown motherfucking witch. And that, apparently, Ferranc taught her the ropes of torture, but this lady taught her the ropes of murder. And that they claim that this witch that was operating in her castle was the one that really twisted shit up and got her into another level of, like, sadist behavior and amped shit out of the roof. But the one thing I will say in terms of that fucking Georgi dude who, like, stormed the castle and, like, caught her in the act of all this stuff, he's the only one, literally, that witnessed all the dead bodies in the castle which he claims he saw, there's no proof. No one else was there to find them. But you know what else? On the same line of her being the townspeople medic, 
she had people living in her house whose apartments or whose towns right. had been pillaged, had been destroyed. She was caring for lower class peasants who had nowhere to live and who were sick and were dying of disease who had been attacked and hurt in war and she had them in her castle and she was caring for them so even if you stormed the castle and found dead bodies everywhere it wouldn't have been the weirdest thing that you've ever seen wouldn't have been the weirdest thing at all like oh my gosh so i don't know i don't believe him i i think that he is a liar. I think that he framed her and set her up so that he could gain some type of, you know, whether it was just her land. When yeah. his friend died, I think he's like, damn, this bitch owns all the land now, not in my fucking world. And I think he you, he just did what he could to get her out. And maybe, who knows where he stood in that will. Maybe he had a part of that will. I don't know. Right. But I think he was trying to boot her out and take over her land. And he, I think in that time period, it was very common that the only way you could attack women was to call them, like, witches, widows, or, like, have some sexual, like, weird fantasies. And I hate so it. that's what they pinned on her. I hate it. I hate him. <laughs> I hope he died a miserable death. <laughs> right? I hope she killed him. From She didn't. The afterworld. She got trapped in her castle for eternity. Which, Dude, honestly, backflips. it wasn't even long. I think she was only alive, like, five years after that, and then she died. <laughs> she, like, barely... She, like, barely... Joke's on you, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> that is wild. So, we don't know if Elizabeth Bathory is a vampiric serial killer that literally was in Guinness Book of World Records as the most prolific serial killer of all time for women. So or we don't know was, if that's yeah. true or if, or if she was just like set up and framed. Innocent as fuck. Just chilling in yeah. her house trying to help people and not killing anyone at all. Who knows? That's insane. Isn't I hate that crazy? It. I'm pissed off. I know. So when my cousin suggested her to me, she suggested her as a blood-sucking serial killer. And that's why I was like, I would never cover this fucking woman on my show. <laughs> and then when we were decided we were going to cover crazy people, I was like, oh shit, I forgot I got that blood-sucker yeah. bitch. I'm going to read her story finally. Then I read it and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes, like, two plus two is not four. Like, something is wild? not adding up crazy right that's crazy so what do you think she what do you think she is what do she's you think she's innocent is? as fuck they're always trying to hold a bitch down <laughs> always but the only thing i can i believe she's innocent but what i also believe is that shit is so brutal during that time period like i don't even think those people are even like operating emotions like yeah that medieval world is so fucking archaic and like almost not even the same type of humane we deal with today that i wouldn't be surprised if she killed a couple people in her day oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if she like knew that fool was getting tied to a tree and castrated and maybe she was like well you know sucks to suck like i wouldn't be super surprised if she went along with some of that gnarly shit maybe even the shit that her husband was introducing her to but i just i don't really believe in the whole like a witch ended up being one of her servants yeah and like they got crazy 600 people like that's That's wild 
That's I mean, she probably put people. a few people out of their misery because they were going to die anyway. You know, like, let me help you find the Lord a little quicker. Well, and then the fact that none of the people that testified actually had proof that of the, any of it. They were like, oh, well, we heard through our friend Melanie that she had heard through fucking Tom that, yeah, this bitch is crazy, you know? Not Melanie and Tom. I cannot. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's innocent. I think she's innocent, too. But she goes down in history as the first serial killer of women of all time. So how wild is that? That's wild. That's so funny (laughs) that we both chose, like, crazy, crazy ladies, potential serial killers. We don't know. Dang. Right? Just troubled ass ladies. Just troubled. Oh my gosh. <sighs> so yeah, that's Elizabeth Bathory. We got our two serial killers. One, they're both considered the first serial killers of all time. Yes. Women, but one may or may not be. We don't know. That is crazy. Right? Gnarly. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a really good one. That was so, so good. Yeah. That's that. That's our big Halloween spooky episode. Fucking do you, but don't kill people. Right? Yeah, and work th- work through your childhood trauma. For sure. <laughs> that like, might be the takeaway. Please go to therapy if you've experienced anything like this. That might be the takeaway of tonight's episode. Yeah. Please go to therapy. Sort out your childhood trauma before you destroy your She's adult wild. life and everyone's around you. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our fall episode. Spooky shit up on the Mimosa Sisterhood tonight. And as a reminder to everybody else, if you enjoyed our episode tonight, leave me a fucking review. Let me know what you thought. Hop on by Apple Podcasts and give me a star rating and shoot me a message in the review comments because I'd love to hear what you think. Any feedback you have, any thoughts you have, and then, of course, tell your friends about the show. That's the best way to spread the word. Everybody listens to a podcast when their friend tells them it rocks. So, get on it. That's it for tonight's episode. Next week, we have another awesome Everyday Woman segment featuring a super, super, super kick-ass girl. You're going to love it. She has the greatest story ever, so be sure to tune in. And other than that, drink more wine and celebrate women. Yes. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.